hill, there's a cross, and there's blood, and the blood is for you. Have you ever thought about that? It's kind of odd, you know. It's kind of odd about blood. Like what? This is like some sort of weird cult thing that has blood all the time, and we are, you know, we pagan weirdos that talk about blood. So I was thinking about that, and I was just up there thinking, you know, sometimes my mind wanders in song service like, man, if I was brand new to church, if I was brand new to Christianity, how strange would it be to hear a song about blood? But then I started thinking, because I love history, and I started thinking about history, and I started thinking that all great things that are really obtained in humanity are obtained through the shedding of blood. How many? We, we're we're going to celebrate uh, Memorial Day and Fourth of July this year. It's about our country and about our freedom. But guess what? That was purchased with blood. Literally, men had and some women had to die in order to purchase our freedom. We live in a free nation that has no slavery today. Because why? Men had to purchase that with their blood. Nazi Germany and the concentration camps and the hatred of the Jews and the extermination of the Jews is no longer today but because men and women had to purchase it with their blood. So every really great victory over incredible evil is purchased with blood and sin is no different. So it's really not that strange of a concept that blood is required to fix a great evil. That your blood would be required for the sins that you have committed. We still have the death penalty in this country. You take someone's life, you pay with your life. You pay with the shedding figuratively of your blood. So it's really not that foreign of a concept in our world. It's just in this We live in a modern time where there's been peace for about 50 years and we forget the sacrifices of war. But I just was thinking about that, that it's really not that foreign of a concept. Jesus shed blood for you because great victories cannot be won without the shedding of blood. That's why we sing about the blood of Christ. That's why it's for you, because you need forgiveness of your sin. And that had true, deep forgiveness had to be purchased with someone's death. And Jesus paid that price for you. For you. So that's what we're going to talk about a little bit today. How many have been reading the book of Proverbs in your Word Before World? Good, good. I hope you still have time. There's plenty of time to read the book of Proverbs. I'm going to, so we're going to do a little teaching series over the book of Proverbs, over a wisdom and it's just like that, thinking about that. It's the, the, like the blood of Jesus. It's not just a Christian doctrine. It is a fundamental truth that extends throughout history and extends throughout time, that when things really matter, people are willing to put their life on the line. They're willing to literally give their life for things that are greater than themselves. That's what I would say part of the human condition that is created in the image of God, that desire to sacrifice. You ever thought about that, how amazing it is that men and women that don't know you were willing to put your life, their life on the line for our nation so that we can have the liberty that we enjoy? I mean, that's, that's pretty astounding to me that people are willing to pay the ultimate sacrifice 
for someone that they don't know or for their family even. Even their family, it's still uh, the ultimate sacrifice. And so it's that, it's that thing that's created in us, that desire to, to sacrifice for others, that noble sense of the human heart that I believe was placed there by God because we were created in His image. And so Jesus came to die, to sacrifice, because He thought you were worth it. He put His life on the line. That's pretty amazing. So you so you can see it's not just isolated to some weird ritual that has no grounding in reality. It this is the truth. The word of God, the doctrine, it is the truth and therefore it is true in all settings. It is true throughout all generations. It's true. It's not just a ritual. It's not just um some sort of thing that we do it is something that is true. And so we're going to talk about wisdom today. We're going to give an introduction to the book of Proverbs. And I'm going to give you, let's see, four principles of wisdom from Proverbs chapter number one. Four principles of wisdom from Proverbs chapter number one. And we're going to be walking through um, some different uh, aspects of the book of Proverbs and of wisdom generally to help you. Um, in your life as you try to live for God because you need to have the wisdom of the Lord in your life. So we're going to begin Proverbs chapter number 1 and verse number 1. It said, The Proverbs of Solomon, the son of David, king of Israel, to know wisdom and instruction, to perceive the words of understanding, to receive the instruction of wisdom, justice and judgment and equity, to give subtility to the simple to the young man, knowledge and discretion. That's the first sentence of the book of Proverbs. Let me just give you a, a hint or a tip when reading the Bible. Don't pay too much attention to the verses, the verse number, because the Bible was not written numbered. That just helps us know when we need to find a particular portion of Scripture. Uh, we, we, we now number things so that it's quicker to find but don't get too hung up on the numbers. Read till you see a period, right? That's you remember. You ever been to English class? That's when the sentence ends. A period, not at a colon or a semicolon. Ends at a period. So that way you get you can catch the whole thought. So those those first four verses are one sentence, and they give us what the um, purpose of this book is. It's to know wisdom, instruction to perceive the words of understanding, to receive instruction of wisdom, justice, and judgment, and equity, to give subtility to the simple, to the young man, knowledge, and discretion. Now, what does that word subtility mean? Anybody have a clue what the word subtility means? Have you ever heard of the word subtle? A subtle hint. What does that word mean? Heard it, but do you know what it means? Not very obvious. Yeah, that's a good. I said that's a pretty good working definition. Not very obvious. So, wisdom, true wisdom from God, is something that is not. It's not simple. So it's compared to the simple. So subtility is the opposite of simple. It's complex. So it's yeah, it's kind of the opposite of simple. It's it's a it's like a complexity. So God wants to give you some understanding 
about the complexities of life. How many know life is complex? Say, yeah, but life is complex. I, I'm going through things that are complex. Now, some things are pretty, pretty black and white, like sin. You shouldn't commit sin. But sometimes you're going to run into a problem that you don't know what's right and what's wrong. And maybe both choices are, are not clear as to which one is right and which one is wrong. Then you need wisdom. You need to kind of tap into what do I do here in this moment? What do I do here when things aren't quite black and white? I, I used to know what was right. I used to know that this was right and this was wrong when I was a child. But then I'm getting into more of an adulthood and there is something that's a little more complex and I have to figure out which way to go. I have to figure out what I need to do. And so the book of Proverbs was written to help you in that predicament. It was written to help you in that moment. So I hope that when you're reading it, you're taking it seriously and you're absorbing the lessons and saying, God, I want to know through all the complexities of life, I want to know what you want me to do. Because that's why King Solomon wrote this book. He wrote it to teach, to instruct wisdom, to give subtility to the simple, to the young man. Now, when you see the word man, it means mankind, all of us, to the young person. It's written to young people. And we're going to find out why in a minute. But you are the target audience for this book. You are the target, the target audience. You don't have to wait till you're 45 to understand the Proverbs. You can get this. And if you absorb this now, it will save you a world of hurt later on. And it says that in here, and we're going to look at it. So you are the target audience. A wise man will hear and will increase learning, and a man of understanding shall attain unto wise counsels to understand a proverb and the interpretation, the words of the wise, and their dark sayings. Now, I love that phrase, dark sayings. It doesn't mean evil. It just means things that are not apparent. We're getting back to that complexity thing. It's not something that is common. You know the phrase common sense? That's, that's a misnomer. There, there is no such thing as common sense. Foolishness is common, but wisdom is hidden. Wisdom takes some time to draw it out. That's why so few people are wise is because it takes some time to pull it out. And so many people are foolish. And there's even the common phrase, the common sense is not all that common. That's closer to the truth. There is no such thing as common sense. There really is not. If it was this especially in young people, you were not born with wisdom. I was not born with wisdom. Somebody had to teach it to me. And a wise young person will listen to the counsel of elders, will listen to people that have lived their life a little bit longer than you, and then you will go to them and ask them, and that is the mark of wisdom in youth. You don't have to know everything. You don't have to be at peak maturity. We know that you're not going to be there, that what God is asking you to be is to be teachable. That's all God's asking you to be is to be open to change, to not bow back when somebody says you're doing something wrong. Because we've all been young people before. Every adult has been a young person and every adult has done the most ridiculous things imaginable. So we understand what it's like to be a young person. But all we can ask and all God is asking is that you be teachable. That you be open to understand the words of the wise and their dark sayings. It's not going to be apparent. 
You're not just going to be able to stick your head in a hole and then one day grow up and just have all of this knowledge. It's going to be obtained through learning. And some people never learn wisdom. Some people never learn wisdom. Some people still make foolish decisions in their old age because common sense is not common. There is no such thing as common sense. But wisdom has to be found. Wisdom has to be found. And that's why we love the Word of God, because it gives us things that we can find nowhere else. It gives us opportunities that you would not have if you did not have this book and able to read it and apply it to your life. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. Notice that wisdom and instruction go together because wisdom is not a naturally occurring gene. You don't have the wisdom gene. If you are wise in this place, it's because somebody taught you. I can go back in so many things that bless my life and my job. I've been experiencing favor on my job and being elevated and influenced at my company because of things that my dad taught me. They don't have to worry about me stealing from the company or lying or fudging. I could easily lie or fudge because I work from home and nobody looks over my shoulder, but I have, I have earned trust from my bosses because not because I'm inherently a truth teller, but somebody taught me that the worst thing you could do is become a liar, which is why the Bible promises hell for those that lie because lying destroys your life. It eats away at the inside of you, and then you don't even really know what the truth is anymore. You say, I'm good, and you're not good. I'm, I'm saved, and you're not saved. I'm kind, and you're not kind. I'm a good dad, and you're not a good dad. I'm a good husband, and you're not a good husband. I'm a good mother, and you're not a good mother. I'm a good wife, and you're not a good wife. You just, it just goes on. You learn to lie as a young person, and you don't even take that instruction, and it's just going to wreak havoc on your life later on. And then you don't have a job, and nobody can trust you, and you're working minimum wage at McDonald's because they need somebody, and then nobody can trust you higher up. You can't get promoted because you've been caught stealing, or you've been, you, they, they can't trust you. are stealing on your time card. I, when I started working at the hotel, everybody stole their tips. You're supposed to report them to get taxed on them. Nobody reported the right number. They were reporting 10% when I got there. I thought, I, then the company pays you more to make up the money. I saw that as stealing because my dad taught me. I wasn't, I wasn't a perfect young person, but somebody taught me. And the mercy of God was such that I had good teaching in my life, and, and I was just open to it. And so I tried to do what was right. And that blessed me. Now, of course, it hurt my paycheck a little bit, but it blessed me later on in my career. Not at that job necessarily. I never got promoted at that job because I was just a teenager, but it built something in my life that allowed me to be a good employee later on down the road. Wisdom goes with instruction. You need to learn how to take instruction. When one of these youth team members, or when an elder, or when your parents say something to you, now, could we get it wrong? Yes. But the chances are we're not wrong. The majority of the time, when somebody that loves and cares about you, I'm not talking about some stranger that you find on the sidewalk, when somebody that loves and cares about you gives you correction, chances are they're right because wisdom and instruction go together. So the next time you get a lecture from dad or mom, or Sister Nikki pulls you aside 
Or Brother Thomas comes up and says, hey, you need to watch this. You need to be careful before your defenses come up because instruction is married to wisdom and they really cannot be separated. And what did it say? Fools despise instruction. Fools despise instruction. Don't be in that category because that's the common category. That's what's common. Foolishness is common. Common foolishness. There's plenty of that to go around, but there's few that can really take instruction enough to be considered wise. My son, hear the instruction of thy father and forsake not the law of thy mother. Just talking about that, the wisdom of parents. For they shall be an ornament of grace unto thy head and chains about thy neck. I think I've illustrated that in my life. I'm, I'm reaping the benefit of my father and mother's wisdom that they trained me. I, I, did not inherit, I did not inherit a gene. I inherited instruction. And that is a blessing to my life. That is a blessing to mine and Sister Nikki's life. We can have a marriage. We can have a home that is built upon peace because somebody instructed us how to do it. Not because we're just born with a gift. Someone instructed us, someone taught us, someone led by example, and all we did were open to correction, and we are still open to correction. And there are still things that I go back and change about my life because I understand. And it's not comfortable when it happens, and I still find that defensiveness comes up in me, but I've got to push it down and say a wise man pushes down that defensiveness and learns how to be wise and grow in knowledge and instruction. So we got to, we're at point number one, it has, wisdom has to be sought. It's not natural. It's not natural. And then point number two, it only comes from God. Anybody that has wisdom is tapping into the wisdom that God has laid out from the beginning of the world. They may not start with God, but they've tapped into things that God has laid down. Now, they are missing the key piece, but you can still find a piece of wisdom. That's why there can be very, very smart people in the world that don't know God, and they can tap into the true wisdom of God. And sometimes if you're not, if you're not, if you are um, kind of immature, as I was in college, you can be thrown off by that. Because I had a lot of very smart professors that, did, that were atheists, and they tapped into wisdom, but they just didn't, they didn't get the right starting point. I had one that he was a very wise professor, and he was a very good father and husband from what we could tell. He, he always talked bad of people that abandoned their family and married some, like men that abandoned their family and married someone younger that walked away from the mother of their children and who had helped them raise a family and build a career, and then they go run off with some uh, young girl that's a lot prettier. And he always talked about how that was awful and immoral, but he had this kind of worldview that it started at evolution. So he was missing a key point, but yet he came to the wisdom of the Bible from another way. So he had a piece of wisdom, a piece of the truth, but he was missing the key thing. So And, and, and so it can throw you off because somebody like that can be wise and then somebody that has the Holy Ghost can do things that are wrong because just because you start on the journey of wisdom doesn't mean you complete it. 
So don't let other people's experience throw you off from what you know to be true. Just because somebody with the Holy Ghost messes up or somebody that should know better does wrong and somebody that doesn't know wrong has a great wisdom. Remember, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. It's where you start on a journey with God, and that will lead you and guide you into all truth. And if you stay on God's path, you will become wise and knowledgeable. So wisdom begins with God. Now, my point number three comes from verse number 10. My son of sinners entice thee, consent thou not. And it goes on for quite a while, but I'm not going to read all of that. But others will try to discourage you from wisdom. That's, that's just the truth. There will be those that try to talk you out of the wise decision. And I want you to, I want you to notice the contradiction here between wisdom coming through uh, someone and then foolishness coming from someone. You will get opportunities for wisdom and you will get opportunities or foolishness from other people. That's just, that's just what will happen. There will be those that talk to you and they're giving you an opportunity for wisdom. And then there will be those that talk to you and they're giving you an opportunity for foolishness. And you, as a young person, have to discern between what is wisdom and what is foolishness. And I want you to look at the difference. Instruction is wisdom. So when somebody's trying to instruct you, that is wisdom. But when somebody is saying, come join me, Come, let's have a good time. And if you read on, you'll find that they said, let's let our money be together. We're going to make a lot of money. We're going to lay in wait for these guys. We're going to jump them. We're going to steal their money. It's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to, we're going to get rich. Notice how foolishness comes. There's no challenge in that. There's no challenge to character. There's no defensiveness that rises up. There's just a, hey, let's go hang out and have a good time. There's foolishness there. But wisdom comes and your defenses come up. That's when there's wisdom. So when somebody, an elder is talking to you and defensiveness rises in your heart, you need to say, this is wisdom right here. This is, this is where I need to at least see. Now, it could be wrong, but this is where I at least need to see what, what's going on in my heart. And when a peer comes to you and says something, hey, this is going to be really awesome and this is going to be really fun, not every time will it be foolishness, but you need to be careful. Because wisdom very often doesn't come peer to peer, especially at this age. It doesn't come very often to your friends at school. They're not going to be dishing out the wisdom. It doesn't happen over the lunch table. Let me just tell you, I was in high school. I was at an apostolic high school. I had friends full of the Holy Ghost. They weren't dishing any wisdom. No, they had just begun. All right, on the fear of the Lord is the very beginning of wisdom in their case. And sometimes they laid out some relationship advice. That was as foolish and as stupid as you've ever heard, right? So you're not going to be, don't, you don't, if you, if you have a heartbreak, somebody breaks up with you or whatever, and you go to your friends, you're not going to be getting much wisdom there, okay? Is if, if somebody's there just to pat you on the back, tell you you're doing right, you're doing awesome, you're doing everything, that's just not, chances are, that's just not where wisdom's coming from. 17-year-old to 17-year-old, there's not much wisdom there. But a whole lot, even insurance companies know this. Even if that's why they don't insure, that's why young people have such high insurance rates. Because when you get other young people in the car, I was in a car when my friend was driving on the sidewalk. Two tires on the sidewalk, two tires on the street, downtown Indianapolis. 
My mom still doesn't know that. Sorry, mom. Lord had his hand on me, protected me. I mean, he just, there was a little, you know, handicap ramp. He just swerved over and we just rode a while on the sidewalk. That's time, I wasn't in the car this time, but I knew about it. That same friend, he would jump the railroad tracks in his car. Green Ford Taurus. Woo! Gosh. That's why, that's, that's why insurance companies, teenage boys, your insurance is skyrocketed because when you get together, wisdom goes out the window and foolishness is multiplied. That's just the truth. That's just what happens with young people. Silly things happen. So when you're peer-to-peer, just know that's not really a place I need to be seeking wisdom. I'm not saying you can't have a good time with other young people you know what I mean? Don't say not every time. But if somebody's if if a young person is coming to you, one of your peers, especially at school, especially if they're not serving the Lord, hey, you need to try this. Hey, you need to come over here. Hey, you need to come to this party. You better be careful there because that's where foolishness is bred. That's that's a cesspool of foolishness right there. Get a bunch of young people together that don't have the Holy Ghost. You better be careful. You better walk lightly. That's 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 what. Consent not, it said, my son, if sinners entice thee, if sinners, no matter what they're enticing you, if they are a sinner, they don't serve the Lord, you better be very careful. Hey, you need to be involved in this. Hey, you need to do this. You better be very careful. You need to know where wisdom comes from. You better know where wisdom comes from. And if you're going to try to serve the Lord, you better make sure that the person that's influencing your life serves the Lord as well. So many of Sister Nikki's teachers in high school, they were probably good folks. Her guidance counselors tried to talk her out of going to IBC. They tried to talk her out of it because they thought that would be foolishness and a waste of her time and a waste of her life. But she had to get counsel from somebody that knew where she was and that was, had a heart after what she had a heart for. So you don't just believe every adult. You look and you... And, you ha- and it's, it's a hard road. That's why Proverbs was written to young people. Because you have to discern what do I want in my life and who is best equipped to teach me. If you want to serve the Lord, you better find somebody that serves the Lord and you better follow what they say. Because wisdom comes with instruction. Wisdom comes with instruction. I'm coming to my last point really quickly. Verse number 22, how long, ye simple ones, will ye love simplicity? There, we're back to that simplicity. The wisdom is not in the simple, yes or no. That's why I can't give you a list of rules about how to live your life. You've got to be equipped with the knowledge to discern, to say, this is right for my life and this is wrong. Because literally, there could be things that are wrong for your life that is not wrong for somebody else's life. You have to have that wisdom, and God can guide you and lead you in that. Schooling is one of the biggest things. College is right for some people, and college is dead wrong for others. College was right for me, but graduate school was incredibly wrong for me, for my life. And I had professors telling me that I was foolish not to go to graduate school with the grades that I had and my abilities. They were well-meaning, but they didn't serve the Lord. And they didn't, they didn't have it in their heart, what I had in my heart, that I wanted to go to Bible college, an unaccredited vocational Bible college. They, they, I mean, you say that on a secular university campus and people look at you like you just asked them to drink some poison Kool-Aid. I mean, they're like, you, you want to go to a what? You want to do a what after? 
You want to be a preacher? What is that word? They're looking it up on their phone, Googling the word preacher. What is a, you're a Pentecostal? What in the world? I mean, they just look at you like you are, just said the moon is made out of cheese. I mean, they are just, just flabbergasted. So you have to know where wisdom lies for your life. You have to have that discernment because some things are not going to be just black and white. It's not wrong to go to school, but for some people it could be dead wrong. Could be dead wrong. Certain jobs could be wrong for you. Certain jobs could be right for you. You've got to have that wisdom in your life. Verse number 23, turn you at my reproof. This is wisdom speaking. The the writer is speaking as wisdom, as a personified person. Turn you at my reproof. Behold, I will pour out my spirit unto you. I will make known my words unto you because I have called and ye refused. I have stretched out my hand and no man regarded. This is why I say common sense isn't common. This is the plight of men and women in today's world. That wisdom is reaching out to them and they are refusing to grab a hold. Wisdom is reaching out. Wisdom is crying out and they are turning a deaf ear. They're saying, I don't want wisdom. I don't want wisdom. But ye have said it not all my counsel. Meaning you've, you've made it void of understanding. You have pushed off all my counsel and would none of my reproof. Now here, here is the sobering part of Proverbs chapter 1. And this is my last point. I also will laugh at your calamity. I will mock when your fear cometh. When your fear cometh as desolation and your destruction cometh as a whirlwind, when distress and anguish cometh upon you, then shall they call upon me, but I will not answer. This is wisdom talking. They will call upon me, but I will not answer. They shall seek me early, but they shall not find me. For that they hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord. Now, when I read that, it struck me because so many people do stupid things when they are young, and then when the and they get away with it for a while, and then when the calamity strikes on their life, then they try to turn it around, but it is too late then it is too late. That's why almost every prisoner tries to get out a Bible and tries to end their cell and they're flipping through those pages and they're desperate trying to get some wisdom in their life because they got away with being a thug for a while. They got away with one drug deal and then another drug deal and they got away with beating somebody up and then they got away with another beating somebody up and then they got caught and got busted 25 years to life and then they're pounding the pages of wisdom saying, I need wisdom. I I can't build my life on foolishness. And wisdom says, I will not hear you. I will not hear you. You had the opportunity. I cried in the street and you turned a deaf ear to me. The most religious place you can go is prison. Lord, help me, help me. Yeah, now. And God's mercy can reach, but that's why there's so few people that actually turn it around. And I'm I'm thankful for everybody that goes in and tries to minister to those folks. But usually when they get their freedom and the the urgency of the need is gone, they go right back to their old lifestyle because they didn't really want wisdom. They were just crying out in the moment because they got caught, because they got embarrassed, because they got humiliated. But then when they have their freedom and nobody's looking, then they go right back to the foolishness of their ways. 
Wisdom right now to you is crying out, will you turn a deaf ear to it? That's why I said you are the target audience because you have all the potential in the world. And yeah, you've brought, all of us have done some silly things, but God can turn any silly thing you've done around right now. Nobody in here has got a criminal record. Nobody in here is married. But wait, you get a couple divorces under your belt, and no matter how much wisdom you have, you will always carry that with you. That's why the President of the United States, Donald Trump, when he's asked, what's your greatest regret? He said, my two failed marriages. That's my greatest regret. Because he's the President of the United States, achieved that, but he still has that hanging over him that he was a fool in the past. He, he despised wisdom. And now, no matter how good of a husband he is, I don't know how his relationship is, but no matter how good of a husband he is to his third wife, he can't overcome the first two. It still hangs on him because he's not a young man anymore. But you are young, and you can avoid a mistake that will lock you out. Because you let a, you let a decision happen in foolishness, and then you're seeking after wisdom, and I'm sorry, you, it's not available to you anymore. And you can still be saved. You can still live a life of, of joy and peace. But there's going to be some things that are shut to you because you didn't heed wisdom now. Because the ship sails on wisdom very quickly. She's crying in the streets. Who's going to listen to me? Who's going to absorb instruction? And if you turn a deaf ear now, you're going to be looking for it someday. This is a principle all throughout Scripture. They didn't listen to Noah preach about the coming rain until it was raining, and then they beat on the door, and it was too late. The rich man in the story of Lazarus, he never took time for the poor. He never thought about anybody but himself until he was in hell, and then he started looking up and saying, send somebody to my brothers. Save them. Save them. And what was the answer? They have the prophets. Wisdom's crying to them in the streets. Let them hear. Let them hear. Let them hear. Before it's too late. You better hear wisdom now. Now. And wisdom looks a lot like instruction. So our four points we're going to review and we're going to close. You have to seek after wisdom and it looks a lot like instruction. You better seek after good instructors. You better be trying to spend time with people that can invest good things in your life. It's fun to hang out with friends, yes, but you need to be around people that you can absorb some things from that have lived a little bit longer than you. And you need to seek after wisdom. It has to be sought. And really, it only comes from God, so you better be seeking after people that serve the Lord. Not that other people can't help you out and different things in different areas. If, if something breaks in my house, I'll take anybody that knows it that's an expert how to fix it. That's wisdom. You know, I'll take anybody that knows anything. You know what I mean. But when it comes to living for God and it comes to guiding my family, I'm not just going to ask anybody's advice on how to be a father. I'm going to look for somebody that's tried and true and, ris and raised their kids in the church. That's, that's, that's where I'm going to seek after wisdom on how to be a father. I'm, I'm going to know what my goal is. I don't want, I'm not going to seek after somebody that turned their daughter into a WNBA player because I don't want my daughter to be a WNBA player. I want her to serve the Lord. So I'm going to seek, you know what I mean? So seek wisdom after, after what you desire. So if God's called you into the ministry, guess what? You need somebody that's in the ministry to give you some wisdom. If God's called you to be a prayer warrior, you need to seek somebody that has a prayer life. 
to learn how to pray. You need, you need to see what God's speaking in your life and, and you need to reach out to somebody that's doing what you know that God's called you to do and say, help me get there because true wisdom only comes from God. And you will have plenty of opportunities from your peers to walk away. Others will discourage you. And even some adults, God forbid, but it might happen. And when sinners discourage you, somebody that does full of the Holy Ghost and doesn't have the mind of God, you just stay true to your path. You just stay true to what God's called you to do. You get some, some people in your life that are living the way that you know that you want to live, and you stay true to that wisdom and that instruction. And wisdom, if it is rejected for too long, will be shut off from you. Don't let that happen. Don't let that happen. I've got friends with criminal records. I've got friends divorced. I've got friends, all kinds of, they, they were in the same youth services, chapel services as me. They walked away from it. They can't get it back. They can come back to the Lord, but they can't get back their marriage. They can't get back their clean record. They can't get it back. They can't answer the call of the ministry that was on their life. They've gotten too many tattoos since then. And they've gotten too much brokenness in their life. I'm not saying God can't bring somebody back miraculously, but every year that they live outside of that, it's shutting the door, shutting the door to true wisdom. Don't let that be said of this church. All right, let's bow our heads. I'm done. God, I thank you for your word. I'm thankful, Lord, for the wisdom of the word of God that we can read and absorb into our life. I pray that as these students walk through the book of Proverbs this month, that you would begin to teach them, instruct them, help them, God. We, we want to grow in wisdom, Lord, not just the wisdom of this world, but, God, the true wisdom that comes from you. Lord, we want to know how to live successful lives. We want to know how to build successful families. We want to know, Lord, how to answer the call that you've placed on every one of these lives in here. You've called them. I pray that you would help them to answer I pray that you would guide, instruct, and teach. Help us to have an open heart to receive instruction. God, we give you praise, and we give you glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Help me, Jesus.